Uncaged. Uncaged. A show celebrating thought leadership from today's top business leaders. The program provides a voice to amazing executives from around the globe who are shaping the world of business today and mapping the path to the world of commerce tomorrow. And now, please welcome our host, Bant Breen, as we begin another Uncaged episode. Today, we're speaking with Brandon Roberry. Hey, Brandon, how are you? Hey, Ben. It's great to be with you. Welcome from the other side of the world. Yes. Well, Brandon joins us from Dubai and is working on some very, very interesting things. He is the CEO of Aster DM Healthcare's Digital Health Group. Um, it's uh, really interesting stuff that, that Brandon's working on. Uh, really, the group focuses on... Uh, bringing together the physical and digital door to access healthcare as a seamless experience from simple virtual consults to e-ICUs at home. And so as we bridge that world of in-hospital healthcare, in-facility in healthcare, and, and at-home healthcare using digital technology, uh, Brandon's going to walk us through how, how it should be done. But before we get there, Brandon, tell us a little bit about yourself and your career. Sure. Thanks, man. Great to be with you on Uncaged tonight. Uh, so in, in a nutshell, other uh, careers has been uh, mainly focused on sort of business building and innovation in general. That's kind of his general themes. I've worked across uh, you know, management consulting, retail, uh, healthcare, and uh, major investing, and, and, and spent most of that time either helping with building businesses, advise on those things, or now as, a, uh, as an operator trying to push into there. Really the last number of years has been focused on uh, leading digital health in some shape, form or fashion and pushing forward the things that, that we think can really bring the accessibility and affordability angle to uh, many, many millions of people. So it sounds like what you're doing with the Aster Group is fascinating. Tell me more about what you're working on now. Well, I, I'm a little biased about it, but I do think it's fascinating. Absolutely. And, and part of the reason is because of how it impacts lives. So what we're doing now is we're building out what we call the One Aster platform, right? So One Aster means all the different great capabilities and assets of Aster coming together. See, Aster... Uh, for those who don't know, is, is one of the largest healthcare providers on this side of the, the planet, right? Most of the Middle Eastern countries as, and India as well have Aster hospitals, pharmacy, uh, labs and diagnostics, uh, and, now, and clinics, and, and now a, a, growing, a quickly growing digital footprint. And what we're trying to do is really bring all of those things together for our patients and our customers to allow them the seamless access to what they really do need. Right. And, and, and where that begins is kind of the way you and I are talking right now, Matt, right? Your, your virtual consultation with the doctor yeah, uh, or, or your healthcare provider, which we all do that all the time now. It's so, you know, who, who doesn't have these conversations either in their family or for business or whatnot. And so now it's becoming commonplace in healthcare as well, which is great, but that's not all you can do. You've got to have some sort of a medical record storage. Since I'm having a consult with Dr. Bant right now, where is that gonna go? What about my prescription? If I need a prescription with that, how, what if I have chronic conditions that I need managed? How, how does that all get managed on a digital platform when I may not be 
uh, in person with the doctor. Now, we don't think that the doctor or nurse or anyone like that is going away. We think this is an absolute support to them, both for in-person in care as well as digital care, and we're trying to bring that all together. On top of that, then you have your entire e-commerce platforms that come to the fore because there's pharmacies that, um, that distribute both pharmaceuticals as well as non-pharmaceutical medications. And then an ability to actually, the really fun stuff is gonna be as we start to stack on uh, the machine learning and AI on top of those uh, platforms and thus learn more and more about people are able to give them better and better recommendations and help them with the whole suite uh, of their care so they can, you know, live their healthiest life that they can. You know, it's, I love this space. And certainly like most people that lived through the last couple of years, this uh, kind of pandemic moment, it's been, been a challenging one, but, you know, obviously virtual care, e, e care, home care was incredibly valuable. And I, yeah. it, it, it almost, I think dawned on people that this was the way things should be done. It was so much more human, so much easier, saved everyone so much time and effort. Uh, I can only imagine that it almost benefits every area of the full ecosystem. Tell me what, uh, what the take is and, and where we are with that. Uh, you know, Ben, dur during the, the pandemic, you obviously saw a gigantic spike in the use. And it was because we had to, right? That's how we as humans sometimes have to do things. We, we have to do them and therefore we do them. And then we find out, ooh, that's not so bad, actually. Maybe I'll do that a little bit more to manage those issues. You know, my own perception on this, when I look at the data across, certainly here in the Middle East, across Asia and some other countries, is that, is that um, digital health, is the adoption curves of digital health, meaning the people and the doctors, who are adopting that as a point of care, part of the solution has really gone forward in the last two years about what we would expect, or excuse me, has gone forward 10 years uh, in the last two years. So the adoption curve has rapidly increased. That doesn't mean everyone's gonna go out and do their teleconsultations with their doctor now, and that's going to take over. But what that does mean is people have had an opportunity to test it out to try it, to see that it's not so bad. And frankly, it's pretty good. It saved me the driving time, the time I have to take off work to help my son with it, with whatever he's going uh, through, the time I've got to spend in it. Oh, by the way, it's less costly, both for the provider, the insurance, and you uh, as a person. So there, there are just some phenomenal use cases. But when we get beyond just the, the virtual part of it, of you talking to the doctor, the other natures of digital to bring in and add great greater amounts of productivity to the entire healthcare system yeah. the ability for you to get things you know delivered in a great e-commerce way the same way you get delivered from your favorite apps today right how, healthcare. how is it how is it manifesting itself it kind of on a what's the majority of of usage right now for me it was all of those kind of annoying little visits visits that i used to have with my general practitioner <laughs> And, uh, you know, I'd get there and he'd be like, yeah, you know, stop drinking as much coffee or, you know, something obvious. And, and you're just yeah. like, man, I could have done that over a, <laughs> over a phone call. Exactly. Right? Why did I waste all this time? Well, exactly. look, the, the, the easiest use case for telehealth is actually follow-up visits. Mm. So after you actually went and gone in for whatever, a procedure or done that, your follow-up consultation with the doctor many times, unless it's they've got to take out stitches or you know, care for wounds, et cetera, can be just like this. 
right? Yeah. Talking online. So that's kind of where it has gone. And now as a, uh, as a model in the United States, in Europe and burgeoning in other countries is now is a kind of first point of care model as well. Right. And so that's been growing in popularity, one, from just a cost standpoint, because it's much more cost efficient Two, from a triage standpoint is now you, the doctor, can understand much more quickly uh, if I even need to necessarily come in or not. Right. Because people, where do they access healthcare now? The first stop is not the hospital. It's not the clinic. It's not even the pharmacy. It's Dr. Google. Right, it's online typically oh, for, for many many people. That is just and, a and, slippery and that, slope. And that can be either <laughs> great or really scary, depending yeah. on where they're getting that information. And and hopefully they're going to great sources. And there are a lot of great sources online for that information. And then they're going to the pharmacist and asking their pharmacist about it. And then there's an ability to now access doctors like never before uh, that we're bringing to the table. So that's yeah. where we're really seeing a lot of the uptick. But then digital is transforming the organizations of healthcare, just like it has in all the other industries. I'll say that healthcare is certainly had, has been behind the curve with yeah. digital adoption. Absolutely. When you look at things like banking and consumer products and food delivery, right? All of these things that are way ahead in terms of uh, the consumer experience, we're playing catch up with it, which is why as I'm hiring very, very rapidly digital teams uh, around the world now, uh, most of that great digital talent is not coming from healthcare. It's coming from all of these different places to oh, bring that consumer experience, right? That patient experience that we really need. And frankly, that we expect uh, in all of the other parts of our life. Why shouldn't we have at least part of that in healthcare? So Brandon, you, you mentioned that the pandemic has, has accelerated the adoption of this type of uh, area and these types of solutions. Are you seeing yeah. that basically all the regulatory bodies, governments, all those types of things are starting to play play ball on these types of issues? Yeah, yeah. So here, here's what we saw. Through the pandemic, governments uh, as a whole did the right thing. They basically said, oh my gosh, we're in this situation. Healthcare providers, we need you to save people's lives. And mm -hmm. we're basically going to pull off all the bureaucracy and just let you do what you need to do to save lives. Mm -hmm. That's not normal at all, right? There's lots of regulations on patient safety, on uh, how you can provide care across various borders. You usually can't, where you store data, et cetera. For a little while, they backed off all of that and, and let providers and tech companies come to the fore literally within a matter of days. Astra stood up uh, teleconsultation, hospitals at hotels as hospitals, EIC, Electronic ICUs literally within days. They did a great wow. job. Um, now that things are coming to the other end of that, wisely so, governments and regulators are like, okay, not anymore, right? We've got to wield this back. However, now that we've seen the power of what this can do and how it can help people and how it is actually safe and can save lives, we want to be a bit more progressive in pushing yeah. that forward. And I'm sitting here in Dubai. And we're very blessed here in the United Arab Emirates to have a very progressive um, healthcare ecosystem that is setting standards uh, for digital health that is allowing us as, as providers of healthcare to do what we need to do and choose the technology providers and vendors and others that we want to within the given standard, which is just fantastic. So everyone can be, excuse me, can be on the same playing field. I love it. I'm all power to you. I I'm a big believer in this and it, it only makes sense. I did notice that in the US they were 
starting to structure kind of bureaucratic barriers. Uh, you know, I recently relocated down to Florida and uh, uh-huh. I, I tried to have a call with my doctor in, in Manhattan. And Ooh, he said, across state and lines? He said, he said, sorry, can't do yeah. it anymore. <laughs> I've got to be licensed in that state, right? That, yeah. In America, that's the deal, right? I, yeah. I, I, so was, I, I was in I America see- with some healthcare companies and I know very much the landscape there. Over, over here on this side of the world, there's somewhat of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, many, you can typically go across uh, the states of these different countries, but, but not across full countries, unless right. there's a licensure there. However, it is, it is probably just a little bit easier to get those licensures so long as, you know, you're a legit organization with credentials, your doctors are credentialed, et cetera. You can provide that care. See here, it, it's also a very different world over here. Yeah. Like this, this country is 85 to 90% expatriates which right. means people that don't live here are from here. So we're very used to people from 200 countries around the world coming and going and seeing different models of care and, and, and interacting with that, coming to, uh, to Dubai, for example, for a number of years, providing that going back to home countries. And then there's a large flow of consumers and patients and such that do the same. So it's a, it's a different model. So Brandon, we were all, I think, at the beginning of 2022, hoping, hoping that this was the end of the pandemic and <laughs> uh, hoping that we were going to somehow be able to move to a, a new reality. And, you know, we, it does seem like we are moving in that direction. But what are you, you and the team seeing for 2022 and beyond? 2022 and beyond, we are seeing moving in that direction. You know, our fingers are crossed too. I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know which wave might or might not be coming, but I will say that not just Astrodium Healthcare, but the, the, the providers and system over here is prepared much more so than, than you would have been two years ago. That's one of the nice things that uh, crises do to us. They make us more prepared for something in the future. But what we see going forward is a much greater focus on the consumer and the patient and enabling them to get better access at a much more affordable rate than they were before, particularly with those with chronic conditions, uh, particularly uh, giving them experiences just like you would have in any other, uh, not just provider network, but uh, application or platform that you may have on your phone uh, today to make sure that you can actually that that healthcare isn't just about, hey, coming and sitting in the waiting room for too long, right? We've all had that experience. Uh, but it's actually much more patient first, patient centric, customer centric, and not just sort of healthcare provider centric. You know, the doctor will see you now when he or she has time in- enough right. for you, uh, going completely away from that and enabling that kind of good care. So that's what we see. We have a digital roadmap that goes out now at least a couple of years. And, and the nice thing about digital is we do have playbooks from other places in the world to draw from. But I'll tell you what, it seems like every six months, there's a new tech stack, right? There's a new technology <laughs> that's coming that we're like, oh, I, you know, six months ago, we had planned it this way, but we could even do it better now yeah. by doing it this way. And so yeah. we are leapfrogging some of the places we were even six months ago with, with the plans, which is why you, you have to be nimble and flexible in the digital world of, across industries, healthcare included. That's amazing. Well, I mean, Brandon, I, I love this area. I think it's such a, a critical innovation that we need to all support. It's, 
it's one of those ones that seems so obvious to the customer and to the user mm -hmm. and probably the ecosystem is now adapting and seeing how this can be beneficial for every party in the whole system going forward. If someone wanted to learn more about what you and the team at AstroDM Healthcare's digital health capabilities are up to, where should they find you? Well, I mean, they can certainly go to a company website, but that's not always the greatest thing. They can certainly hit me up on LinkedIn. Uh, uh, we've got that going as well as we have some other social media pieces uh, that are going on that you can find us there. Look, we're, we're, we're like other digital teams. We, we move fast. We're fairly flexible about it. We're rather informal about how those operations go. And so we can infuse that uh, kind of consumer flexibility perspective into that digital healthcare journey. Uh, looking forward to building that for millions and millions of more people as we go forward. That's great. I've really enjoyed learning more about what you guys are up to. We've been speaking with Brandon Roberry. He's the CEO of Aster DM Healthcare's digital health division that merges both the physical door and digital door to access healthcare as a seamless experience from simple virtual consults to EICUs at home. Brandon, thanks so much for telling us, hopefully, hopefully, that uh, how we will all experience healthcare in the future. Hey, put just like anything else, you as a consumer, you as a patient can push for it as well. So let's meet in the middle. So Absolutely. we all get there, all right? Cheers. Thanks, man. Have a good one.